Hello. Uh, welcome to um, this breakout session on sustainability, uh, keeping the faith when ministry gets difficult. Uh, um, I'd like to introduce myself to you. Uh, I'm uh, Susan Post, and I'm recording this uh, here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm the director of Esperanza Health Center, uh, and that's a, we're a bilingual primary care center in North Philadelphia. Uh, the word Esperanza means hope. And I've been in my role for about 25 years. And during this time, I've had the privilege of, of, of living and worshiping in the community in North Philadelphia where I serve, um, which is within walking distance from one of our clinics. So I'm very blessed to be integrated into the lives of my neighbors who are also my patients and sometimes my church friends as well. My community of North Philadelphia is one in which most of the people in our community uh, face significant difficulties related to poverty. High amounts of crime and violence, uh, high unemployment, low incomes. And at the very same time, there is a resiliency here that I really admire. When I was asked to do this workshop in early 2020, I think January, uh, I was a little hesitant. I'm not really uh, an expert in any way. Um, I'm not a life coach, I'm not a therapist or anything like that. I've just been around a long time and by design that means I've had a certain amount of experience in facing difficulties in ministry. So don't come with any particular expertise, um, just a certain amount of experience. And now it's sort of like a some sort of cosmic joke that in the year 2020 uh, I'm I'm giving a, a breakout session on when ministry gets difficult. I'm sure this year has been challenging for all of us, even those who feel most resilient and uh, we feel like um, maybe we're not up to facing the difficulties of this year. So I don't uh, think I have significant answers, but um, I do think uh, the good thing about the way God set things up, um, and maybe I can encourage us in this, is that in these situations, that we're facing in our country, in our world, uh, they're not a problem for the living God. He does not change and he is with us during this time. So sustain sustainability is a really important topic and um, I just come to you as a fellow journey person uh, together with you asking God to show us how to find and strengthen our ministry sus sustainability during these times where the work is uncertain and often difficult. So let me uh, start by um, praying and asking God to help us in this. Uh, God, we do, um, we do thank you for your presence with us. And Lord, even as we uh, listen and, um, and think about these, this topic, Lord, I invite you in to our hearts and our lives as we, as we think about you and as we think about uh, the ministries we have with you. Um, I thank you, God, for um, so many important truths that you have already told us and you, you um, continue to pour upon us uh, grace upon grace. Uh, Lord, would you um, be present with us and speak to our hearts as we, as we think about you and as we talk about uh, ministry. So um, we pray, Lord, that uh, you would be glorified even in this time. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So a few um, years ago, 
uh, I was asked to speak at a conference and I, I felt like God was leading me to speak uh, from Philippians 3, uh, 10 and 11, which is, this is my favorite verse. Um, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow attain to the resurrection from the dead. And as I thought about the verse, I thought about what it, what does it mean to participate in his sufferings? Um, um, and in the course of um, this and doing this talk, I started thinking about how there's just one thing that's really hard for me about ministry. It's, it's feeling the pain and the suffering um, of those around me. Um, I find it very hard. And, you know, as I was doing the preparation for this talk, I just wanted to move right on um, to the resurrection. Um, but I felt like as I was uh, studying this, that it was important to just sit in what it means to share in Christ's sufferings and, and to be honest about how that hard that truly is to do. And my questions were more than God's answers in the moment in many ways. But, but I began to see um, that the sharing of God's suffering, my neighbors, my patients, and even my sufferings, are integral um, to the power of the resurrection uh, that we all long to see. They're not really polar opposites, but really they're a little bit um, somewhat more complement, complementary. Um, the overall picture, even including our own weakness, uh, leads us to see our Savior's glory in a magnificent way. So sometimes the trials in our way are actually the route um, to experiencing God's resurrection glory, a route that we wouldn't want to miss, but we actually usually don't want to uh, run the path of suffering to get there. And so a, sub, a little sub-journey began for me of, of trying to share with others in ministry um, discussions about what does it mean to suffer with others um, and, and how difficult that can really be. And, and some honest uh, conversations began. And what was transforming to me as others in ministry began to share with me, often in tears, the pain they were experiencing or had in their particular situations of ministry. Um, kind of opened up my thinking um, a little bit more. Some spoke of failures they had. Um, many of them were wounded servants of Jesus. It was a privilege to hear their stories and see their suffering sacrificed to others. But in many cases, um, on the brink of brokenness themselves. I realized then that there is something really important about considering how to go deep in our ministry but also how to go deep into sustainability strategies as we serve the Lord. It's not a matter of having our own inner strength to just move on. In fact, sometimes I think it's just the opposite. God is at work in the difficulty and he sees well before I do my own weaknesses and places of potential and actual failure. And then I see how his glory is always tied to weakness. Uh, he's at work in ways I often can't see. And I, if I move along with him during the difficulties of ministry, his glory will be more realized and I will find the sustainability that he's already set in place for me. Ministry difficulties can come in a variety of, uh, of ways and I'm just wondering, um, yeah, what, what kind of things um, are you thinking about that cause um, us difficulty in, in ministry? 
I've listed a couple of these of, of um, difficulties out, um, some that I've had in my own life and um, some that I've seen in scripture, maybe all of them I've had in my life, uh, come to think of it. So one of the um, difficulties, I think, is just the work itself. Uh, ministry can be tough. Um, I'm sure there's great joy in it, and it's amazing to get to see part of God's work in our world. It's inspiring, and it's, and it's wonderful but not every day. Some days, many days, it's also hard. It's hard when the patient doesn't recover. It's hard when a sober substance abuse user goes back to their drugs. It's hard when a patient manipulates. It's hard to grasp the huge effect and brokenness that significant childhood trauma can cause on an adult. It's hard to see the cycle of suffering that comes uh, to people who live in poor communities. It's hard to face the constant limitations that finances or other resources can put on ministry. It's hard to see the big differences between my life advantages and what's lacking in my neighbor's lives. It can be hard when the church doesn't understand my ministry. It's hard when the work is more than my energy level. It's hard to admit <laughs> that it's hard. And I'm glad that uh, God didn't sh sugarcoat the Bible. I feel comfort reading in Exodus that Moses couldn't handle the large number of decisions he had to make and, and he needed other leaders and how God responded to that. I'm thankful that Paul honestly shared that he had so many problems that he, he almost despaired of life itself. The work can be hard. Uh, fatigue and loneliness is also, I think, a difficulty that many of, of us share, and I think it can sometimes surprise us. It's, it's, it's lonely to be in ministry, even if we love the people we're with. I know as a leader, I often feel quite lonely, um, uh, even though I have the greatest people around me. But at the end of the day, uh, when hard decisions have to be made, it can, it can really be lonely. Um, and the effect of fatigue makes it hard to see clearly all that God would have us see. It's hard to walk by faith uh, rather than by sight when the sight in front of us is so big and we're so tired. Uh, fatigue gets in the way, but it's real. And I'm glad when I look in Scripture in 1 Kings when Elijah, after having this huge victory um, uh, over the Baals um, uh, on, on the mountain, uh, he, he goes by himself and out of fatigue and loneliness uh, um, uh, just really almost falls apart. Uh, failures. Failures can come in many different packages. Um, and I know because I've experienced uh, many, many <laughs> different types of them throughout the years. Um, sometimes there's a lack of, of fruit despite a lot of trying and hard work. Um, sometimes we make mistakes or misjudgments. Um, sometimes we have relational conflicts with others that we work, work with or others that we are serving. And sometimes my sin brings personal and ministry failure. These are all hard. I, I think when my sin is the cause of the failure, that's, that's maybe what's hardest for me. But Again, going to scripture, I'm, I'm thankful that God recorded things like Peter's denial of Christ. You know, Peter must have felt himself to be the biggest failure. 
uh, but God didn't see Peter in that way. In fact, um, Jesus commissioned Peter into further ministry after all that happened. God covers our sin even in ministry and he uses it, but it is hard. Losing your passion, um, this, can, this can be hard. Sometimes we can get burned out. Uh, when that happens, uh, we might begin to see our patients or our coworkers, even our community as, as the enemy. And sometimes we can le lean towards pride. Um, I did this, aren't I wonderful, or, or self-independence. Uh, um, not realizing why, um, not realizing that it's, it's actually God who brings the fruit. And, and we might not even realize that we're, we're going toward our own way or, or becoming proud. Um, these are, these are just parts of our nature that where we need God to, um, uh, shine a light on. And then sometimes we, uh, can lean towards self-protection. Is this going to cost me too much, um, to serve in this way? I don't want to lose myself in, in this. And, and there can be a place of health um, in not losing ourselves, which, which does impact um, sustainability. But generally, uh, God tells us it's, it's the other way around. We, we don't have to self-protect if we were trusting him in what he's called us to do. It's a fine line, and I don't always understand quite where the line is. But it's an important one for us to consider. And lastly, we can just sort of feel distant, distant from the Lord. And I think this comes sometimes if we're not keeping up well with our devotional lives. And that can cause us to lose our passion. Also, personal challenges affect our ministry. Um, it's really hard to try to do ministry and serve the Lord well when, when we're having other hardships outside the ministry. Uh, uh, grief, family concerns personal health or mental health issues, um, financial concerns, all these things can distract us from our work. Uh, we may really be suffering, but the ministry is, is still there right in front of us um, with decisions to be made and, and patience to be seen. Uh, for me, the times that this has been most pronounced is, is when I've lost a family member um, in death. It's just so hard to contribute at times like this uh, when your heart is broken, um, but somehow the demands of ministry are still there um, at the same time. And then um, lack of confidence is, is all, it's not one that we maybe normally think about, but when some of these other difficulties come our way, uh, we can just begin to, to, to realize that we can't do it on, on our own. And, and that's probably a great thing on, in some ways if it draws us closer to God. Um, but sometimes I think it um, causes in me an anxiety uh, that's, that makes me wonder, um, am I going to be able to move forward? Uh, it, it might make me doubt, <laughs> am I in the right place? Uh, it might make me doubt if God really called me here. Uh, even might make us doubt if God is good. And so I think we have to try to be aware of these, uh, these different uh, things that we're facing. I think what's hard is when we just keep moving forward and, and don't stop to acknowledge um, the difficulty. So I'm wondering for you, uh, what, what is the challenge that you're facing um, right now? Uh, we, are, we are broken people and we're serving broken people in a broken world. And then sin interferes as well. And one of the things I've come to see in my years of ministry 
is that we ourselves are in need of healing. So I was thinking it would be great to look at um, scripture and turn to scripture at times like this. Uh, there's many, many places in scripture that we could look. I, I've, I'm kind of going to dwell a little bit on this, um, this breakout session on John. Uh, John chapters 13 through 17. And I really love these chapters uh, for a lot of reasons, and I think they're good for us in this conference because um, in these chapters, Jesus is preparing himself and his disciples uh, for difficult times ahead. Uh, 13 through 17 are like the last day of Jesus's life um, where he washes the disciples' feet and he tells them about the counselor. He talks about uh, what it's going to be like for them when he's gone. Uh, he prays for them. And so we see what, what Jesus himself does in these hard times. And we also see um, how he's trying to prepare his followers who are going to carry on the ministry um, and are about to have a very difficult time in ministry. So let's take a look a little bit at, at, at parts of John 13 through 17. So just starting off in 13.1, if you remember, John 13 is where he, um, Jesus is going to wash the disciples' feet. But it's, it begins this way. Um, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, um, he loved them to the end. So... Um, it's just a time for Jesus to uh, move forward and what he knew was about to happen. Um, and it seemed like the first thing he's thinking as he's knowing that he's departing is that he, that he loves his disciples and he wants to prepare them. And I, I feel like that's so true for us still. We are his disciples um, and he uh, does uh, love us to the end. Uh, he is... Uh, trying to um, and working to show us uh, the full extent of um, our uh, his love for us. And so the first thing we see in this section is that uh, Jesus remembered who he was and what God was doing. Jesus remembered who he was and what God was doing. Uh, so the next two verses says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his other outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. So he paused to remember this, that the father had given all things into his hands and he'd come from God and was going back to God. And I think by remembering this, uh, Jesus could face the many events um, of the next 24 hours that were just gonna be so horrifying. Um, this gave him strength and fortitude and even the humility uh, to move forward, to wash the feet of those he knew would deny and betray him. At times we do, we need to remember ourselves, the bigger picture that God's at work in our situation and what God is doing while we are engaged in the midst of our difficult uh, tasks. Um, I think we're tempted to see the hard thing in front of us um, instead, we need to remember that what God is doing and also um, who we are. So for me, that means I, I, as I'm in ministry, I remember I am uh, the daughter of the living God. And what am I, 
what I'm doing right now is his work. And so as Jesus remembers these things, uh, he begins to wash his disciples' feet. We also see in this passage that um, we don't always know what God is doing. Um, so when Jesus goes uh, to wash uh, Peter, uh, Simon's Peter's feet, here's what happens. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, uh, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And so Peter's balking here, and it kind of makes sense uh, that Peter would say that, think that that's not proper, right for his teacher, his Messiah, to wash his feet's feet. And he declares, no, Lord, you're not. You're not going to do that. Um, but Jesus is so gentle with Peter, and he kindly says to him, you do not understand now, right now, what I'm doing, but, but later you will understand. I think these are really important words for us um, uh, to think about. Um, sometimes I know I, I want to say no uh, to whatever the plan is that, G, uh, that God's put in front of me. Um, I want to say no, but uh, I think we need to just uh, uh, think about the fact that uh, Jesus has said to us, we're not always going to understand right now, but later we will understand. And I've seen that so many times um, in my life and even in our ministry, what seems like a disaster one day, um, I think the next day Jesus could say, um, you didn't understand what I was doing, but, but now you do. So I think it's a mistake when we um, think that when we're in a difficult place in ministry that it must be all wrong. Um, I think we need to uh, kind of learn to walk by faith and, and not by sight. Uh, thirdly, in this uh, section, we see that um, we're, we're to be partnered with him in the work. We certainly know this in our heads. I mean, I think we've all gone into ministry to participate in God's work in this world. But it's really easy to forget that um, when the ministry gets tough. I think Jesus knew our propensity toward this. And that's why, um, again, if you read these, uh, all these chapters, you'll see he's again and again saying to his disciples over and over um, that... Uh, we are to be tied into him and partnered with him in the work. So here's a few verses. Um, he says, Very, Verily, verily, I, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and you'll do even greater works than these because I'm going to my Father. So, so we're tied in together at the beginning and even as after Jesus has left this earth. 15.4 uh, says, Remain in me as I remain in you. And I, and I love the um, NIV that says, abide in me um, as I abide in you. So it's, it's just this partnership that we have together. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And then 15.8, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So many other places, he just continues to show that this is he and, he and us together. And it's a privilege to be allowed to do this with him. But so very often I think ministry gets difficult when we think that it's, uh, when we begin to mistakenly think that it's something we're doing on our own. These chapters also show us that serving Jesus is an intimate, loving relationship. 
think we're, we're in ministry often because we want to be involved in God's purposes and plans for his kingdom to come, his will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. We probably serve God, too, because we love him. But, but what Jesus is saying in these scriptures is that it's all completely bound up in a loving relationship between him and us, he and his disciples. And this love relationship between us is so central. He lovingly expresses this almost to his last breath in these chapters in John. It's just so beautiful. Uh, John 14, 13. Uh, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. I mean, Jesus says this to them, and they don't really even know that they need to be comforted, and he's already comforting them because he loves them. And, and I love this, too, because when I was growing up, I'd think of heaven as like this place you go, and everything's so great. But, but what's great about it <laughs> is that it's with him, that we're at a place with him where he is, and he's going to prepare it so that he can be with us and we will be with him forever. It's just so, it's beautiful and it's amazing. Um, and it's just an expression of, of his love for us. And I think sometimes in ministry, uh, we forget that all of this is a, an expression of a love relationship that we have with our Savior. Lastly, we see um, that Jesus prayed. Uh, all of chapter 17 He's praying, and, he, and it's beautiful that Scripture allows us to see what, what a prayer, an intimate prayer between Jesus and his Father is like. But, but in, in chapter 17, he prays for himself, and then he prays for us, his disciples, and then he prays for us who will believe through his disciples. And it's just you know, a beautiful thing that on that day where Jesus was speaking to his disciples, he, he had me in mind. He had you in mind. He... Um, yeah, he, he was praying bef- um, in front and behind and, and how important that was in ministry. And I, I, I just feel like that just has to be um, life and breath for us um, as, we, as we move about in, in ministry. So what is it that sustains you? I think um, after looking at some of the scripture, it'd, be, it'd just be good to think um, and maybe categorize and, into a few um, five areas of like, how, how does this really maybe practically work out? How can we be sustained? What can we think about maybe um, in the times that are most difficult? And um, uh, the five that I've put together, the five that I've put together are to recenter, uh, rest and recreation, or I would say recreation, reckon, intimacy, uh, and worship. talk about recentering. Um, recentering means remember why we're, we're doing what we're doing. Um, get back to the main, main reason for ministry. Um, I think a lot of times in, uh, when we're having difficulties, uh, it's that overwhelmed feeling um, or, or, or being, you know, we're, we're what's in front of us looks so much bigger than the God that we're serving, or we're so tired that we lose sight, um, or we don't remember um, that God is with us and He loves us, and so I think recentering is kind of to say, 
to ask the question, how do you see this God? Um, remind me um, of what I'm, what's important. And one of the ways I do that is um, with a prayer of examine. Um, maybe many of you know more about it, the, what the prayer of examine is than I do, but um, one of the um, a scripture I use to think about uh, the prayer of examine um, is in uh, Luke 24. And let me, let's take a look at that. So if you remember, the disciples are walking on the road to Emmaus, and they're very discouraged. Um, they, yeah, they're in the t a time of um, uh, trouble and a uh, time of um, discouragement and uh, difficulty. And uh, Jesus, the, the resurrected Jesus, walks up to them. They don't recognize him, and, and he says what's, what's happening. And, and they tell him... Uh, their day and don't are you the only one that doesn't know we we believed in this what we thought was a messiah and and he's been you know he's been taken from us and then jesus responds to them um, with these words he says to him how foolish you you are and how slow to believe that all all that the prophets have spoken did not the messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And then later on, um, so he, he showed himself to them and he made sense of uh, the difficulty uh, that they had faced. They saw it one way and then he showed them that it was really a, an entirely different way. And later they said, they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while, we talked, while he talked to us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And so this, for me, the prayer of examine kind of goes like, at the end of the day, uh, I think God invites us to just pour out our day um, to Jesus, the good, the bad, and the ugly, um, to just say how we see it, um, how, how this day looked to me. Um, because I think, um, yeah, that's another part of the love relationship is that we pour out our, ourselves um, to the one that we love and who loves us. And so pour out your day to Jesus and then, and then give yourself a moment to just pause and listen. And just like the disciples did here, and allow Jesus to retell you your day with his presence in the story. And after doing it for a while, it really does become, it's just like a turning of my head to face him and see it from his eyes. Pour out my day and then allow him to retell me my day uh, with his presence in the story. I find this really, really helpful in, in recentering re myself. Uh, on top of just the prayer of examine, I think just scripture in general um, uh, just uh, can remind us um, of God's purposes and um, kind of recenter and um, put into perspective uh, the various things that we might be experiencing. So I'm wondering, um, what are the ways that you recenter? Um, rest and rec um, rec rec recreation or recreation. Um, I think we all know that this is a um, fairly important part of, of ministry. We, we need to rest. Um, we need to move out of work and the accomplishment mode that we might be in production, producing uh, to recharge and refresh and restore. For somebody like me who loves, also loves work, um, I need to be pretty intentional in this area of my life. Uh, ministry burdens have moved me um, 
to see the importance of this and how, how vital this is for me to have on a routine basis in order to thrive in what God has called me to do. Um, so rest and recreation or recreation are, are, are more than just uh, taking Sunday naps <laughs> um, and keeping my ministry hours in check. Um, there are far more uh, ways uh, to rest. And so here are some that I've seen. Um, express your creativity. I'm, I'm not the most creative person in the world, but I know that many people um, play music or uh, they have a, a hobby. Uh, uh, they might do art. Um, there's there's uh, gardening. I do do gardening, and I do find that that's sort of a way of expressing and, and working at something that's actually a restful type of work, um, different than the work that we do in ministry. Um, I think we're built to be creative, and so this is a really important part of um, what rest and recreation are, recreation. Um, friendships and family, I think it's really important, too, to be keeping up with uh, deep relationships, people that love us and can remind us of truthful things, maybe when the work gets so hard. Uh, beauty, um, find beauty in nature, uh, music, art. I think we're built for beauty, and um, I've, I've kind of neglected that at times in my life, and, and I work in a, kind of, a little bit of an ugly <laughs> city. Um, there's no trees around me, there's uh, a, a, a bit of garbage, and it's really important for me uh, to take a walk in a park and to um, be restored by um, beauty around me. Um, I think we're built for that, as I said. Um, exercise, that just, again, uh, allows our body uh, to uh, ultimately find rest. So these are things that I think about, but, but maybe you can pause for a second and wonder what, what it is it that brings you uh, rest and um, recreation. And then reckoning. Um, the definition of reckoning is to recount, to dwell, uh, to meditate, and uh, to consider uh, truths we know. And so Again, um, just going full steam ahead on um, the things in front of us, I think we can uh, uh, lose track of, of what's going on and, and maybe uh, uh, forget some of the things that are, are really important for us to, um, to think about. And so I found that it's just good to um, just slow down and maybe just contemplate one truth or meditate on one thing that we know about him and, and go deeply into that, into that one thing. And... I thought I'd just share a few of the truths um, that I'm reckoning um, on lately. Um, and these are just maybe uh, maybe in the last six months, these are things that have been really, really important for me just to dwell on. He is our present help in trouble. And you can go really deeply into that if you think about it. There's many scriptures that talk about that. But, but just to, for me to just stop and think, what does it mean that he's my help, that he's my present help, He's our help in trouble. Um, he is our help. It's just, um, yeah, there's, um, you can just meditate on that. You can consider it. You can th dwell on it uh, for a moment or even for quite a bit of time. Um, that's something I reckon on. Um, here's a few others. Jesus is praying for me. He saves to the uttermost. I can go so far in. I sin to the uttermost, he saves to the uttermost. What's the uttermost? How far does that go? What does it include? It's just so beautiful um, that it restores me um, to reckon on he saves to the uttermost. 
uh, the 23rd Psalm, sometimes when I can't sleep, I just, uh, I just dwell on each of the sentences of the 23rd Psalm. They're so beautiful. They're, again, remind me of God's loving relationship with us, his love for me, his, his, his um, promises um, and, uh, to be present in, in the things that are most difficult. Uh, I consider that our present suffering is, sufferings are not worth worthy, worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. I can dwell and meditate and consider a long time on, on God's glory. So those are just a few of my most recent things that I've reckoned. And I just wonder, yeah, what, what truth about God moves you? Maybe you can think about that. Maybe we can share it with one another. Seek intimacy with God. Um, I recently, I recently took um, a sabbatical and I went to um, uh, on the Camino de Santiago. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's a 500-mile pilgrimage walk through Spain, and I uh, took a five-week um, uh, vacation. It's 500 miles, and you just walk pretty much every day and you walk with God. And and when I started it. You know, I was having lots of troubles and um, difficulties in my ministry. And I just, uh, even on the first day, I remember, okay, God, this is our time. Uh, fix me. Uh, fix me, God. Uh, I know I'm off track in this way and that way. Just fix me. And, and, and the next day, I'm, and please forgive me, God, and fix me. And about three or four days in, I felt like God said, uh, why, don't, why don't we just walk a while <laughs> together, you and me? And somewhere... Um, the end of this journey, uh, the Camino de Santiago is called, um, um, I guess, Santiago. <laughs> it's the walk to Santiago. And that's the destiny of this, of this walk. But I realized somewhere um, on this a time, maybe about three weeks in, that, that the journey is to him. The journey isn't to better health care in North Philadelphia. It's, it's not to um, even... It's not even to serving God in my ministry. The journey is simply to Him. And so if going to Him means I go back to Philadelphia and serve Him there, I'm right in the, in the most intimate and beautiful place I can be, on my land of milk and honey. And so I feel like uh, sometimes our ministry actually distracts us from the idea that our journey um, is to him. So just keep seeking that intimacy. Find all that you're doing in ministry and in your life to be a journey um, into the arms of Jesus. And then finally, uh, worship. In some ways, um, all these things are a, a little bit of what worship is about, right? I mean, worship uh, redirects our thinking. Um, uh, to him, it allows him to speak into our lives. It, worship um, uh, is reckoning uh, the different beautiful truths uh, of God. There is a certain rest and a recreation, a recreation, a, a creative thing um, that comes with worship. Um, and there's a deep intimacy that comes from worship. And so um, I once uh, was speaking to a counselor friend of mine about, uh, I, was, I was going through a time um, that was pretty hard. I had, um, in my community, I'd, uh, um, I'd, I'd seen a, a certain amount of, uh, of violence uh, up, up close, and I was having maybe some secondary PTSD-type um, 
feelings and I felt like I was breaking up a little bit. And, and my, my friend just, you know, she, she said, you know, um, sometimes you have to step back a little bit um, when you're in those, um, those places. Maybe you're going to have to cut corners on some things. Just, yeah, don't, don't do everything to the nth degree. It's time to step back a little and, and regain your composure. She said, but no matter what you step back from or whatever you cut a corner on, don't cut a corner on worship. Worship is the antidote to all that's difficult um, in our ministries. Worship is where we find joy. Worship is where we remember the God who put us in this ministry. Um, worship is where we find our rest and our peace. This, it's where we find um, uh, God's voice um, gently loving us and speaking um, um, to us. It's where we, we see his glory. It's where um, we find our life. And so um, these are just uh, some, of, uh, some of the things I've thought of that are, are helpful to me in ministry. And um, maybe we'll have a time now that we'll, there'll be some time for questions and answers, but maybe we can share a little bit more. And, and I'd love to hear from you too. Maybe, um, yeah, what is some strategy you have uh, what are some strategies you have for sustainability in ministry? Let me just quickly um, pray. God, you are so good. Um, will you help us and remind us um, to worship you, um, the God of all creation, who for some reason um, loves us so deeply and intimately that you say, come to me. Um, come, to, come to me for your rest. Come to me uh, to remind you um, of why you're doing what you're doing. Come to me and I will... Um, I will bring, uh, breathe new life into you. Lord, we do worship you. We love you. Um, and I thank you. I thank you for each of my brothers and sisters um, in this breakout session with me. Lord, would you speak um, your beautiful presence um, in their lives? And could we together as your family uh, worship you? Thank you, God, for being our God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.